0: Hey, I'm Will LaVise. Zeric LaVille. You tune in to LaVise and LaVille. We give it to you straight the way it is from a black male's perspective. Let's get right to it. Continuing our series, Black Tax Living Middle Class. Black Tax Living Middle Class. You know, many of us who are educated business owners have been able to uh, achieve some measure of the American dream as it's called, home ownership and the like. We also know that it comes with a price oftentimes. In some ways, I wouldn't say it's not all that is cracked up to be because I, I certainly would prefer to be middle class and to have uh, opportunities that I've been afforded you know, as a professional than when I remember as a kid growing up in, in the inner city <laughs> You know, Brownsville, one of the roughest, Brownsville, Brooklyn, one of the roughest neighborhoods in in New York. But it definitely um, comes with some challenges, uh, especially things like raising a family, things like you expect that when you've done all of the different things that society says you're supposed to do, get a college education, stay out of uh, legal trouble, you expect that there would be a reciprocity in a sense that you would be able to not have to deal with certain things that come your way, but you quickly realize that very much so, a lot of the things that uh, you would think you would have to deal with as a black man who's who successful, you very much are still very much tied to your brother who uh, may be in a situation in the inner city or in a rural area that is, is mired in poverty, you still facing some of the same uh, right. challenging issues. And so, I know Clavel, you've dealt with them. For, for example, I, I can tell you one of the one of the big issues the tax that comes around it is just the misconception that being middle class is unusual. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's some assumption that black automatically means poor. Right, and so the kind of things that that triggers, you know, just this assumption that black is automatically poor, and so being middle class is unusual. Uh, that in itself is one of the examples of the
1: you know the tax that comes along with it. Absolutely, you know, well, when you talk about living middle class, I think the definition of what middle class is has also changed, and it means a lot different for African Americans than it do for. White Americans our white counterparts because we just started living this right. lifestyle. So there are some opportunities and access to uh, finance that we don't that we haven't received on par. Now some of us have, right? But right. on par with our white counterparts, uh, we just haven't. We're just not there, right? So case in point, what I mean by that: there is a lot of issues uh, with you know, the value of our homes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the value of our homes, we, we already know from stories that have come out and we talked about it on LaVise St. where homeowners, if, if you're Black living in a neighborhood, same neighborhood. You're right, home, same neighborhood, same house same, right, house, same house, same bones, same, house, values, valued, same look, homes. <laughs> value 20, same structure, <laughs> Value one, 25% to sometimes 50% less. And your white counterparts, right? So what what happens there? What happens there? That means that your ability to leverage your home equity, line your home equity, whether it be through a line of credit, whether it be to refinance your mortgage, uh, to get a lower rate, a lower payment, put money elsewhere, decreases, diminishes tremendously. Right. And now you can't pay for that education for your kids' college. So that they can start off debt free. Now you can't add on to your home to build that extra bedroom or that office, that extra bedroom to bring in your parents to live with you, so they don't have to pay that extra cost, or that that office so you now you can work from home with your private business, um, right. or you can't pull that equity and invest it and purchase a rental property or investment property and generate additional income, where now you're starting off at zero because the home is paid for, so everything that comes in is profit. So living middle class means uh, something different for African Americans than it does for our white counterparts. I want to make sure that our listeners understand that. And again, just go ahead and look through your search engine, uh, uh, black home ownership or black devaluation of homes. Um, You'll see stories that pop up very recent, very recent stories that have popped up. And we've seen on major news networks uh, to talk about this and the issues with appraisers and so forth. But you also mentioned something else, Will, that kind of g- gave me a chuckle, you know, <laughs> that we definitely would prefer this lifestyle than the lifestyle <laughs> that we grew up in. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, uh, growing up, we had a charm, very charm uh, upbringing with our father, and our mother, um, living at home and living in the neighborhood we lived in.
0: Right.
1: You know, we understood, I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. It was a neighborhood going through a transition, integration. So you had, Black families, and again, I emphasize families, mother and father the household, that were getting benefits from working, being able to be hired on jobs that the white counterparts were hired on. Um, matter of fact, my father had to file, join into a lawsuit in order to get hired permanently with the city where right. he grew up and retired from that job, worked that job for almost 30 years, retired from it. Our mother worked at the best private company, big, big employer, in the town, with, and had some of the best benefits uh, that any employer would have in there. So right. it was it was that time period where, and then my father being military, the, uh, the 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 he had a benefit of the VA mortgage loan. So we had that opportunity. my father being a small business owner, we had the childcare center, the daycare center in the community for 21 years.
0: Yeah, working class people. I mean, were able to the economy was such that working class people were able to carve out. A much more decent living because the cost Absolutely. of living wasn't astronomical what it was today. You know, one salary could enable you know a family to be able to uh, put money away and and um, develop some me- measure of wealth and have a fairly decent
1: lifestyle. Now it's become you know much more difficult. Absolutely, and you bring up a very important point because you know now we see those communities disappearing, we yeah. see that lifestyle disappearing where now those communities have flipped and the community I grew up in is totally flipped to the other side,
0: you yeah, know, so
1: now, <laughs> you know, so now you have, you know, a lot of single parent homes, a lot of homes where you have a lot of dilapidation, a lot of homes where they're rental property, don't get me wrong, they're still livable homes, but they're rental property as opposed to mortgages on them investment for, for the most part. So, you know, we go through cycles and we know we go through cycles in our, in, in our life, but, Living middle class, you know, being an African American, a young African American professional in a community of other established uh, families, mostly white in my community, I also have older uh, white families as well. Um, You stick out like a sore thumb, right? Right. (laughs) For the most part. Uh, So there's a lot of getting to know who these people are, right? And let's just say that that in those communities like that, there's a lot of hiding, uh, a lot of hiding, uh, uh, noticing or being inquisitive, you know, right. of, of who you are and things that you do, you know, until you again create uh, relationships and so forth and, and the like. Okay. Well,
0: that's that you know that's that sort of goes back to again what you appointed you know acquaintances you made earlier when you talked about the housing values, which harkens back to what I said about this assumption that Black automatically means poor. So even here you are, a professional, you find yourself having done the things that society says you're supposed to do, there still is assumption that you can't possibly really deserve to be here or really own that home or because being Black is not supposed to equal you being able to own this home. So, so, you, so like you pointed out, you know, there's a study... Uh, Two professors, um, Howell and uh, Corver Glenn, did this study, you know, using census data. To your point about the devaluing of homes, they looked at homes from 1980 to 2015 and found that uh, the value of white homes is almost 200,000 more, appreciated 200,000 more compared to uh, homes owned by people of color, enables the people to um, appreciate almost $200,000 more from 1980 to 2015. So, you know that, what $200,000 can do? Yeah, it certainly can put your children <laughs> through college. It certainly yeah. can put them through college debt free and enable you to be able to give them a down payment on a home. So, again, it's this assumption. And a lot of times, these homes are the same homes, built same buildings, same floor plan, built in these different communities. But this assumption that black is less than black is automatically poor comes into play. And like so, like you said, it also plays into suspicion. You know how are you? How are you here? How are you doing this? Um, There's this there's this assumption that somehow you don't deserve the hard work that you put in right. to be who you are, to become who you, to achieve the things that you achieve. Somehow uh, you don't, you're not deserving of that. Somehow you didn't really achieve it honestly. Somehow It's like this cognitive dissonance that goes on. It's like, you can't, this, all of my life, I've been taught that black equals poor, black equals underachieving. How can you possibly have, Bucked that stereotype. Exactly. So now you get this, like you said, you get all these outgrowths, you get all these things of distrust, this, this, these second looks that go on in the neighborhood, and so now, like I said, you know, it's this quandary of I don't want to say it's not exactly all of what it's cracked up to be, but you find yourself now in a community that you can't fully feel comfortable and at peace and the way that you have expected that your hard work and all of what you put into it to achieve would have uh, afforded
1: you. Absolutely. And well, you know, with that, you also look at a diminishing of your, of your value Mm -hmm. and what you've accomplished as well. You know, that takes place uh, through discriminatory means where, you know, oh, well maybe you got this because somebody gave it to you. No, we work for this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, even if we have the opportunity to go to, the university that we went to, we still had to fight the practices that tried to keep us out, tried to keep us to from achieving and the like. Man, both of us have doctorates. They're not giving doctors away. I Absolutely. care who you are. They're not giving us away. Not in this country. Look, you gotta pass that certification. You gotta pass that dissertation. You gotta pass that <laughs> that licensing exam. Right. You gotta pass all of that uh, before you get to that point. So listen, you know, you and I, you know, we're we're cut from a different cloth right? So, you know, sticks and stones, will break our bones, but words, they hurt, but they ain't going to hurt them. But they gonna... stop. <laughs> no, I'm not
0: going to get caught in my feelings because of what you said and what you think. And, oh, and in I fact, like said. you said, you know, I, I'm thankful for the kind of upbringing that we both had where, you know, our parents helped us to understand that, look, people's negative perception of you is not your fault or your problem. It's more of a reflection of their own low self-esteem, their own insecurities about you and your presence and what it means for them. You know, anyone who is really secure in themselves uh, doesn't have a problem with chopping it up, with being in the same space, with interacting with somebody else who has achieved as well. And so, you know, we've we've experienced, you know, that as well. But, um, you know, I, I think about Again, talking about the, the, the upbringing, one of the challenges that I know that I found was, again, having been raised in an inner city, tough neighborhood, certain lessons and certain survival skills that you learn in that kind of environment, right, are not necessarily transferable <laughs> when it comes to raising a family in a suburban Right, little class <laughs> community, and that's some of the things I saw, man. I, um, you had to dial it back we, a little bit, dial it back, dial a back. Yeah, raising <laughs> family, I talk about, you know, often laugh about things like as simple, as, you know, leaving the garage door open, and I'm saying, look, no, you don't, you don't leave the garage door open, and my my kids looking at me like, why are you tripping, Dad? This is we in the suburbs. You're not, and they would say things like, you're not in the hood. But you and I know better. We know that uh, in every community, excuse me, there's crime and there's break-ins and there are things that are going on. So it's like, again, one of the benefits that we have of coming up in that kind of environment is that we have an understanding that, look, people are people. And just because I'm in this environment that's suburban and society and stereotypes say it's supposed to be pristine and better that doesn't necessarily mean that's the case in fact we cool. the more that we learn the more that we know we get to realize look all you have to do is look at a lot of these police stats and you see that break-ins occur in these communities at me as being a reporter i know and i knew that the police and a lot of the drug dealing also not only went on on the south side but went on uptown at midtown it was just behind it's just behind doors so One of the challenges that comes along with it is that when you know these things, you understand the society that you're in. You see the injustices and you see the you see the lies and you see the you know, you see the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The myths. It's hard for you to be able to function and try to you know cloud your own eyes to the myths that you know that are before
1: you and still, you know, still have to navigate. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, well, I mean, this, this topic can go very, very deep, you know, (laughs) angles to it. And some of the things that we don't, it's not talked about a lot, because when you talk about growing up middle class or living middle class, you know, the pool of African Americans are very small, Mm -hmm. as opposed to those that are, that are in communities that we grew up in that are still struggling marginalized in a lot of areas, but these things are, these things happen, you know, and even to the point where you start to excel above those who are in the community. Uh, that's also a tax on you as well, because now it's, you know, we knew you were good, but we didn't think you were that
0: good. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: in fact, there's a recent uh, stories, actually a couple, and this has happened many times, but a couple of stories where, individuals where uh, black females and uh, black females and also other uh, uh, African-American male uh, actually got got the valedictorian or the salutatorian of their school. Mm. But then they went back and changed the formula so Mm. that it ended up being a tie with uh, someone white and someone black. Uh, You know, you see stories like that. And of course, you're in a suburban school community where this is quote unquote, our school, Uh, you know, you're here, we accept you, but you're not supposed to do better than us. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's pushback there. Uh, And even when uh, you play by the rules and you, you dominate, you know, there's still a pushback, you know, to the point where it's blatant and almost cheating, Mm -hmm. uh, where where it's done. And we see it in politics all the time. You know, we talk about it on on this show and, and also others. So, you know, there's, there is a uh, expectation, like you said, of less than, uh, that you are not supposed to go above. But we, we know, as African Americans, we've always excelled. It's right. just being recognized. Again, rec- being recognized, getting credit, respect, and the benefit of the doubt. Those are the three intangibles that I believe dictate the tangibles of right. discrimination and racism. So if you look at our achievements over the course of time, we have prevailed. We continue to. Uh, persevere, we continue to push toward the mark, we continue to do great things. You know, and this is just one additional tax upon doing that. So we get it. You and I, we get it. We understand it uh, because we have not only been the, the Black face in our community, work communities, the Black face in our school community. I never get it in, in my graduate program. I was the only Black person in there, not Black uh guy, but only black person, you know, in that, in that particular mm. program. And uh you know, it was a good program, don't get me wrong, but still, I knew there was a spotlight on me. And that's something that when we grow up middle class, when you're living middle class, and I think that's another show uh that we have to talk about
0: mm.
1: when you year we're living middle class, you and I, but our kids grew up middle class. <laughs> Well, that's kind of it. I
0: mean, that's kind of what I was alluding to. You know, you got your kids growing up in middle class, and you're trying to bring some values, you know, that those working class and those, you know, values of the intensity of the community that you lived in. Absolutely. And they're not seeing the same blatant things that you're seeing, right? It's not coming at them in a blatant way. But we still have the knowledge and the wisdom to understand it. It's still the same stuff. It's just coming in a different form. And if a lot of times you're trying to enlighten them that this is what's going on, and you don't necessarily have those tools in your toolbox to help them to understand it in the context that they're seeing. And so it, it causes this, you know, divide oftentimes. I mean, you talk about the pushback. Another piece of the pushback that I've actually seen, again, like my my kids dealing with, is again this perception that black is less than, or or being authentically black looks a certain way. It looks that inner city, in the hood, kind of way. Like it's is as if we don't have this broad spectrum of who we are. We being black is what you tend to see, or at least when. You know, a, a couple of decades ago, so I think the media has gotten a little bit better, which showing a different, broader range. But still, is very much a problem that being black has a certain look to it, and it's and you hear the kid talking about it's it's ghetto and and I'm like again, somebody that grew up in that environment, I knew and know that strong values Absolutely. exist in those environments. And bad people and good people exist in those environments, too. But what happens is... In every the environment. Ne- right, in every environment. So the, but what happens is the negatives get over-projected about that environment. So now that becomes what authentically Black means. So now you take a, a, a middle-class kid now that's coming up in a different environment, that's looking at that, looking at those images on television, and now wants to emulate that. So here you are. Maybe you come out of you've come out of and seen the results of that kind of negativity in those environments, and know what the struggle is like, and know what the lie is like that. There's a lot of people in those environments who are doing the right things every day, but their stories are not being told. Right. Now you got your middle class kid that's looking at those negative images and wanting to emulate that as somehow being authentically black. So now instead of going from your shoulders up into and taking advantages of the, the the benefits, the things that you afforded to them, the access you've given them, they're underachieving. They find themselves underachieving, and I'm know I've, I've dealt with, and have many parents, you know, in the community that I raised my kids in South of Chicago, Homewood, Flossmoor area, struggling yeah. with that very same thing. Of uh, man, how do we get our kids to to understand? No, this is you have been afforded access to things that we need you to take advantage of. Full advantage of. Yeah, full, full advantage of, 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 of. buying into the negative stereotypes that's being projected about the South Side of Chicago as if that's all that's going on in the South Side of Chicago. You got you got people working hard every day doing the right things in the South Side of Chicago, in the West Side
1: of Chicago. Don't buy into that negativity. So it's, it's a tax. Look, well, man, look. I mean, you're 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 on my soapbox because mm-hmm. I knew that that existed, and also the underachievement thinking that the world is like Disney. No, it's not. Not that mm-hmm. So my wife and I, we kept it real with our sons, <laughs> you know. And it, it was that time period where you got to have that talk. So we had we had a couple of talks. We had to talk about you know you being black in America and dealing with issues of police so over, but also you being black and being intelligent right. and achieving and knowing where you come from, right? That stock you came from. So our kids had the advantage of their mother, you know, coming from another country to this country, right. growing up in another country, but then coming here where, you know, the the floor and you had to walk to school, it was dust, right? right. So right. so it's a different expectation. And then coming from the stock that we came from. You know, there's also another different expectation. If you, listen, if you, in, in in our home, if you were, if you started life lower, you know, income-wise and status-wise than where your parents were, that's almost a failure. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I remember my first job out of undergrad. Finished college. You know, my father uh, helped put us through college. And I went to school partially on the GI Bill and, and things of that nature. And left school with relatively z- almost zero debt. You know, very little debt. Undergrad. Again, undergrad. <laughs> change afterwards, huh? Yeah, Gay change. You know, listen, <laughs> again, because his job was to get us started off. Started That's right. He gave That's us right. a phenomenal first start. Right. As a matter of fact, I teased my wife because when we, we married, you know, we both were, we didn't have any kids. And, you know, we both had great jobs coming right out of college. And, I mean, look, we were traveling out of the country and all that stuff. You know, right. but. Key kids change that. <laughs> Priorities change. But, but my point being is the first job that I got out of undergrad, just finished school, just walked across the stage, mm. get a contract in the mail agreement and so forth. The salary that I started is the salary of my father retired. Wow. That's shoulders up, shoulders on. Up. That That is the mark of shoulders up. Right. You know, and when you talk at that time, you know, it was early, uh, it was late, late nineteen nineties, early two thousands, where they, you know, corporate America was, you know, I had a car, had <laughs> expense account, you know, they paid gas card insurance. Matter of fact, the car that my father was used, I had to give that back because I had no room for it. I mean, I had I had, you know, and it wasn't just any It's Like, here's our fleet, pick your vehicle out, right? You know, so all these things you I saw it. And it made me sit back and say, wow, you know, this is what it was all about. So I took that in part and started, that's where our sons, that's where you got to go. So I told them, I said, listen, you won't borrow a dime or penny right. for school. You right. know, there's too much money because we know now you and I, right. where that money is with, right. you know, they, they should be getting it. Uh, we know the programs that they should be in and what they should not be wasting their time doing. Exactly. And then giving them, again, you talk about those real-life examples, you know, being honest with our kids, this is what it's going to be like, you know, <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly, and the failures, the success, so that they can have an honest start, so that they can not live middle class, but they can live rich, right? So that's the next step. What is rich? And, of course, we know in America we value rich, you know, by finances, but it's about living a rich life. You know, and having more than you need so that you can be able to do more than we did and more good, which is the rent that we pay, service, right. the rent right. that we pay on this earth, Will. Right. And, and, you know, you point
0: out the thing of shoulders going from shoulders up is another one of the challenges because we're now at a time in society that across the board, yeah. you know, this is the first generation that's coming on along now that may not do as well as the generation that preceded. Right. So for us, as you mentioned, a lot of the black community came into middle class in around the seventies is when it started as a result of the civil rights movement and bills that were passed opportunities to go that led to opportunities to go to college and so forth Absolutely. more affordable. And so now just here we are in in 2021, a couple of generations uh, afterwards facing the possibility of these next group coming and not doing as well as their parents or grandparents. And that's another part of the tax is that, again, you see, we see, unlike our parents didn't have a lot of knowledge or access to certain things and where things were, pointed us in the direction of education and said, I may not know it's on the other side of that door, but I know the answer is in that door. We were able to get inside the door, inside the room, and see and get an understanding of the things that need to be done to achieve. And then, as you said, a lot of cases where society is going, some of these gains some of these uh, you know, goalposts are now being moved. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, so if the, the things are being moved and we need to be agile and be able to adjust and see what's going on, and our children, if they get too caught up into the nonsense and the distraction and, and all of this stuff that yeah. you get projected through the media and these these lies about what is really going on and just these these certain examples of what blackness is supposed to be and all of that, That's you right. start to lose sight of being able to take advantage of the things that are, are before you. So it's very frustrating as a middle-class black parent when you, again, now you mm-hmm. have the knowledge and understanding of certain things that our parents didn't have the advantage of. You're trying to impart it. The goalposts are moved you still got to be able to adjust on the fly. And you wonder sometimes, man, our, are our children, the next generation, going to be prepared to be able to take advantage of these things? So it's disheartening. And I didn't even mention, forgot to mention, that we need to be planning to finish well That's at right. the same time, That's planning right. for retirement. So how do you do all of this at the same time? Um,
1: That's
0: right. It's, it's challenging, it's you know,
1: and 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 Will, that's funny you mentioned that because, you know, we're headed toward that stage where it's time to refocus on us, mm. you know, and not just us, but our children's children. Right. So, you know, learning, you know, we learned early on, I was very fortunate to have someone in my life uh, that really taught me about the power of life insurance mm. and how you could position yourself, you know, for, you know, a better life for your children, but also yeah. for yourself when it comes time for, Hey, maybe, you know, in end of life decisions right. or, you know, in healthcare and medical needs, but also if you want to finance some things for yourself, mm-hmm. because I, I mentioned, you mentioned that $200,000 gap, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about education, but also, you're also talking about being able to purchase outright a retirement home for you and your spouse, yeah, yeah, you know, and then sell that property and still have some profit left Right. while you, while you purchase your retirement property, to live well with on top of your retirement income. So that, I mean, all these things we're learning now. Uh, But again, you learn better, you do better. And the key is to pass it down and part that upon our children and also put some legal measures around it, such as a trust and some marks. <laughs> 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 you know, in order
0: to yeah. access that.
1: To-
0: <laughs> yeah, to guard against that nonsense. <laughs> 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 the guard against- to save them from their own natural minds. Exactly, <laughs> you say yeah. nonsense,
1: but I'm going to talk about, that we talk back in our you and our neighborhood, that foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> and to guard against that. But but again, uh, you know, this has been a, another great discussion about the Black Tax uh, living middle class and right. we talked about growing up middle class our children which is a segment we'll 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 uh do in the future uh, and talk yeah, more we'll about we'll have to dig into that man. absolutely but thank <laughs> you so much again for joining us for this segment of am and Caville. Uh, again thank you for your support continue to watch follow share us on, on facebook our social media and let us know how we're doing if you have any questions let us know that and we'll see if we can provide an answer for you until next time According to us, that's the way it is. We'll see you next time.